Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never failed me. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never failed me yet. You never failed me yet. I never will forget. You never failed me yet. I never will forget. And you may be seated. Your presence, 
surgery Tuesday she's not able to be here but her husband is and I would like for us as men to come and we're going to anoint Booger for Pug that God would have his hand upon her and upon her heart and that his spirit will be what encases or covers her and protects her in this surgery as well as protecting and covering Booger. Booger, if you can make your way, I'm not going to make you stand if you can just sit on the front pew. If I can have the men to come and gather around him. and the audience can join us with one heart and one mind as we pray for healing and for a physical touch for Margaret, Normal, or Pug, whichever one you want to call her, but God knows who she is because she is a child of His and He knows her by name. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to You right now. And God, as we anoint Booger in the name of our Father and our Son and the Holy Ghost, God, we just simply come together with one heart and one mind. God, as Booger sits in for his wife, dear Lord, we pray that, God, that you would just simply go right now and that you would touch her.
God, that you would be with Pug and that you would give her, encourage her tonight. God, that you would give her strength, dear Lord, for tomorrow. God, that you would give her the assurance that you have everything under control. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you would go and be with the doctors. God, that you would steady their hands. God, that you would give them the sight that they need, dear Lord, to fix and to repair the heart. God, it's your heart. She knows you and you know her. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we do. We pray right now. God, we pray that you would physically heal Pug right now. God, we pray that you that her heart would begin to work in the way that it is supposed to. And God, that she would be standing up and shouting and screaming hallelujah to her Lord and to her King of kings and Lord of lords because she knows you and she loves you. And God, we trust you. God, we care for you. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to this place. And we thank you that we know that you have us in the palm of your hands. And God, we pray this in trust. God, we trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. thank all the people that helped us this week in our Friday night and Saturday uh, for our prayer time. Uh, we had even a few extras that came, and, and I thank God for you. I do appreciate it. And the ones that I've talked to, they said they had a wonderful time. Some even said that hour passed off faster than they thought. So uh, I do thank you, and I, I think God's going to honor his prayers. He said if we'll come together and ask it, and that's what we were doing is asking. So I do want to thank you so much. Tone me down just a little bit. I <clears throat> had to come up and change it because I was going to sing another song. I said, you know, uh, I think we need something a little bit up-tempo a little bit instead of just drag out. I like some up-tempos and I like slow ones. So I just want to tell you about Jesus because that's all it is. There is. It's Jesus. So. Let me get in here and get my pianist going and see if they can do what they're supposed to. Knowing them, they won't. They, this computer's got a mind of their own.
Let me tell you about Jesus. What a wonderful Savior. Let me tell you about Jesus. How he saved my soul and he made me whole. Well, he took away my burdens. And he took away my sorrow. Let me tell you, brother, that's how Jesus saved my soul. Well, I went to an altar. I knelt down to pray. Hey, I felt the Holy Spirit coming down my way. Hey, hey, hey. Well, I began to tremble and the joy began to roll. Let me tell you, brother, that's how Jesus saved my soul. Oh, let me tell you about Jesus. What a wonderful Savior. Oh, let me tell you about Jesus. I we saved my soul and he made me whole. Well, he took away my burdens and he took away my troubles. Let me tell you, brother, that's how Jesus saved my soul. Well, it's a wonderful feeling. It's a wonderful time. It's a wonderful feeling. Just to ease your mind, sweetest joy you'll find Well, my heart's been excited And my prayer's been lost Let me tell you, brother That's how Jesus saved my soul Oh, let me tell you about Jesus What a wonderful Savior Oh, let me tell you about Jesus How he saved my soul And he made me whole Well, he took away my word, and it took away my sorrow. Let me tell you, brother, that's how Jesus saved my soul. Let me tell you, brother, that's how Jesus saved my soul. Oh, what a Savior he is. Such a wonderful Savior reached down one day and touched us, laid a new burden on our heart, and that's to walk the right way. And that's what this one is. It's an old song. I think most of you know it. Oh, what a Savior.
Some beautiful songs and the spirit's been moving, uh, you know, this evening. Uh, you know, um, I want to say uh, thanks to uh, Steve. Uh, you know, Steve, thank you for being the vessel for God's message this morning. Did a wonderful job. Thank you. Thank you for your obedience to him. Tonight we have another vessel. Uh, we have Reverend A.C. Palmer is going to be bringing us our message. A.C., if you can go ahead and making your way forward and uh, um, yeah Lisa is going to go over there and uh, you know do y'all remember meeting Lisa okay all right but AC is going to be bringing us the message and I want y'all to know you know I I, I know AC uh, you know I've known him for 
31 years. Right? 31 years. So uh, that's how long have you been married? I don't know. 30 years. Okay. So I knew you a little bit before we got Longer married. Than that. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, you know, AC and I shared a bedroom for that's every right. bit of six months, right? That's you were right. in the upper bunk. Different beds. No, different I was beds. in the lower. You were in the lower? I was yeah, in... you were up top. Okay. Yeah, different beds. We were yeah. in the you know, same bunk. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, that is one of the ways that I met AC, but AC has another claim, and he doesn't know it yet, okay? But AC is the one that sparked my passion for golf. For, oh, my goodness. Sneaking out on the golf course in the backyard. AC is the one that did that to me. That's right. But that's enough about AC, <laughs> because we're here to hear what God has given AC uh, you know, for us. That's right. A.C. Palmer. That's right. Thank you for inviting us to be here. A.C. and Lisa Palmer, my wife, to your right, to your left and my right. We are ordained ministers in the Wesleyan Church. So thank you for allowing a couple of Wesleyans to come out and hang out with you this week. It's real quiet. Your Wesleyans. Uh, there's another person here tonight. I did, my mother and father are here tonight, and uh, they're to my left over here. And it's it's good that they're here tonight. My mother especially is glad that I'm here tonight because her son, her youngest son, by the way, Peggy's my older sister. But her youngest son tonight finally gets to preach in a Nazarene church. <laughs> and being raised a Nazarene, I think that's all she wanted us to do. But we, somehow we got involved with the Wesleyan church. And um, it's only occasionally one other time I've been able to speak in a Nazarene church. And uh, we enjoyed it. So, so I know she thanks you for us being here tonight. We come to the mother church. Are you glad to be here tonight? I think one thing that all of us have in common, if we don't, um, please see me after the service and, and we'll, we'll settle this issue tonight. But I think everything, every one of us have in common tonight is the fact that we want to experience heaven. The presence of God, right? And that's where we're headed this week is talking about the presence of God and being in his presence. I remember sitting at Asbury College in one of the classes that I was taking and it was a philosophy class on religion and the professor asked the students, said, uh, what is hell? Where is hell? What is that experience? And so um, there are just all kinds of things. And I just listened to all the students just describe it's, it's damnation, it's fire and brimstone, it's, it's, um, it's this, it's that. And I remember Dr. Peterson saying, hell is the presence without God. Some of us think we live in hell on earth, huh? We have God's presence, the Holy Spirit's presence now. Can you imagine what it would be, life, what it would be without the Holy Spirit, without God at all? 
I think we have that in common. We want to make it there. It's like the evangelist Billy Graham who uh, told the story one time of as he was doing a crusade in a small town. He was all lined out for the week and it was during the afternoon he needed to get to the post office to mail something and so he begins walking in the town and he comes across a little boy pulling a wagon and he stops the little boy and he says little boy can you get me to the post office and the little boy said well yes sir you just go down this block a little bit and you turn this way and head down main street you'll see the flag out front and you'll see the post office And he said, well, thank you so much for letting me know where the post office is. He says, by the way, if you come to the church tonight, I'm going to tell you how to get to heaven. And the little boy looked at him and said, no, thank you, sir. You can't even make it to the post office. We want to be there, don't we? Maybe you can identify with this. One day you'll make everything new, Jesus. One day you will bind every wound. The former things shall all pass away. No more tears. One day you'll make sense of it all. Jesus, one day every question resolved. Every anxious thought left behind, no more fear. And when we all get to heaven, What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory. One day we will see face to face Jesus, is there a greater vision of grace? And in a moment we shall be changed on that day. And one day we'll be free, free indeed. Jesus, one day all the struggles will cease. We will see your glory revealed on that day. 
heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory. Would you sing it again? Yes, when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. And when we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. One day, one day. Yes, one day we will see face to face. Jesus, is there a greater vision of grace? And in a moment we shall be changed. Did you hear me? <laughs> and in a moment we shall be changed. In a moment we shall be changed on that day. So when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus will sing and shout the victory will sing and shout the victory no more tears no more shame and no more fear no more walking through the valley of the shadow of death no more disease no more cancer just the brightness of his glory just the wonder of His grace. When we see Him face to face. Jesus face to face. Find your scripture, would you, and turn to Second Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Just verse 1 is all I would like to read for you. Second Chronicles chapter 7. I'm going to ask that you stand. You've been sitting a while. Would you stand and change positions if you're able to, and we'll get settled in here. Second Chronicles chapter 7. 
just verse 1. It reads, When Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices and the glorious presence, the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we ask that you would just be with the reading of your word, that you would quicken our hearts and our minds today. Would you renew our spirits this evening? Lord, would you allow us to experience you in a different way that we have never experienced you in the past? Would you move upon us in a fresh way? Those that are seeking your presence, those that are seeking, Lord, just you. Would you just move on us, I pray. Christ Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. You may be seated. It's King Solomon's story and the glory of God and his presence that it's referring to is, is just that. It's his presence. It's God with his people. And it was a glorious worship service that took place. You see, Solomon got to build the temple, and he spared no expense. He only used the best of materials to put everything together. All of it. No holds barred. The best of the best. You remember David, his father, got to make the plans for the temple. But God said, you won't build it, David. Sorry about that. But I've got another that's going to do that. And Solomon is the one who built the temple. And Solomon, this day, this first worship service in this brand new temple that he spared no expense, did the best job that could be done. In the woodworking, in the candle making, in the altar making, in the temple itself, the best job he could wanted to assure that God's presence would be in that place. You remember how it was the time before. I get them mixed up sometimes. The cloud would move during the day, and the people of Israel would follow it, and they, then they would set up camp when it stopped and then the fire would be there at night to represent God's presence well this was the structure this this was not going to be moved anywhere they weren't just going to pack it up the next day haul to another place Solomon wanted to make sure that this worship service was going to take the cake it was going to be amazing. And then my heart is saddened when we are churches like we are in the ministry that we are and Satan has robbed the church of its joy. He's robbed the church of God's presence. Even our very lives, whether we're in the church or not, Satan comes in like a thief, the Scripture says, like a roaring lion. And for tonight's purposes, 
you and I sometimes fail to prepare for God's presence. Why? You have your own reason, just as I have mine. It might be because I think God works only in the common sense area of life. Not true. Be careful, right? Sometimes we expect God to do big and grand things, but yet, is it Elijah that experienced that God is in the small, still voice? And if we're not careful, church, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss his presence. But Solomon wanted to assure, he wanted to make sure that God's glory, I'm in the south, I'm sorry, God's glory <laughs> is going to fill that place. There's a few things that happen here that I want to walk you through. First is this. If you back up a little bit in a couple of chapters, Second Chronicles chapter 5, 11 through 14, we read this. Then the priests left the holy place. All the priests who were present had purified themselves, whether or not they were on duty that day. And the Levites who were musicians, Asaph, Heman, Jeduthun, and all their sons and brothers were dressed in fine linen robes and stood at the east side of the altar playing cymbals, lyres, and harps. They were joined by 120 priests who were playing the saxophone. Now, if you know your scripture, that's not right, right? That's trumpets. And the trumpeters and the singers performed together in unison. Remember that. They performed together in unison to praise and to give God thanks. Accompanied by the trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. All at that moment, at that moment, mind you, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service. When's the last time you've been in a worship service here or anywhere where it couldn't continue because the glory of God was so much, you guys just had to stand up and praise the Lord. It's been a long time since I've been in a service like that. So they couldn't even continue their service because of the cloud. For the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. It was in one voice that that choir, this isn't even the heavenly choir, this is all earthly, all man and woman made. They sang in one voice and the 120 trumpeters played in one voice. It was an elaborate display. It was big. It was huge. It was no small thing. Solomon wanted to make sure, as I said before, that God would hear, that God's presence would come. 
growing up in Lincoln County with mom and dad moving there from Charlotte back in the early 80s. And, and Peggy can testify to this, that, that uh, we got to uh, play in uh, the marching band. And um, I'm not sure how many, Peggy, you guys had. I don't know if it was 250 or whatever, but I think we were around that number. And some at some point, it got even a little bit greater than that. And then our band director had the great idea or bad idea of taking us all down to Florida. And uh, some of them, not me, my mom and dad's here, got in trouble. And then he downsized. He didn't upsize the french fries he downsized the band and it was still at a 220 and boy did it sound good being a part of that i got to play the tuba for several years and you got to hear the trumpets and the trombones he didn't allow saxophones you know uh, he didn't even like saxophones and i was a saxophone player he asked me pretty quick um in, when when we got started there in ninth grade playing in the band ac would you pray play tuba i know your brother did and i know your dad did would you play tuba and i sure i just thought it was an honor but here he just didn't like saxophones and he whittled that saxophone section that was some 16 when I started down to two we had the flutes and the clarinets you had the drums it was a big deal and it was wonderful to be a part of and it was huge and that's the same thing that Solomon wanted to make sure this deal this was the worship service to top all worship services and as I said before, Solomon wanted to make sure that God was going to show up and bless the place. That happened because the people simply praised God. In this context, church, they praised him in a flamboyant way. And I know that sometimes God comes in a small, still voice and in the quiet. But he also shows up when the people are on fire. And in one voice and in one heart, we praise the Lord, thanking him for everything that we can thank him for. Leaving no stone unturned. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We praise you, Holy Lord. Praise was there. What else was there? Sacrifice. If you keep reading there in Second Chronicles chapter 5, there before the ark, King Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one to keep count. This was not a sin offering. This was a fellowship offering. And if PETA had existed, they would have had a hard time with this old-fashioned barbecue going on. You know what I mean. We got in, flew into Greensboro last night, and um, the place that we frequent there in Greensboro is Stamey's Barbecue. And I'll tell you what, we will make a trip, whether it's uh, out of the way or on the way. We will stop by Stamey's and get some barbecue. 
We got to enjoy that last night. And that's what this was. This was just a good old-fashioned get-together pig roast. You guys had a pig roast, didn't you, John? Was that you and Peggy that had a pig roast? It was. Just people got together, but there were so many animals on this barbecue, they couldn't even count them. Again, we see this flamboyant display of affection for God. It was over the top, and that's okay. Well, we don't have to sacrifice animals anymore. Isn't that good? Although, when we showed up at our house where we're at there in Kansas, Syracuse, Kansas, for now, the previous pastor and his wife, she had a heart for cats. I, you, you guys like cats? Some of you do, maybe. And these cats kept showing up because she fed them. And they were street cats. Um, and Lisa would cook, and we'd have the back doors, uh, at least the, the uh, curtain pulled out, and I'm sure the aroma was hitting the neighborhood because I'm telling you, if not a dozen cats, more showed up and came on the back stoop waiting to be fed because Miss Barb had fed the cats. They still come back. This was a flamboyant. This was huge, but it was a sacrifice. You know what it meant? For them to sacrifice their animals over this thing. It was their way of living. It was a part of their home. It was just that. A sacrifice. Well, AC, we don't have to do that anymore. And you're right. We don't have to sacrifice these animals. But what does God ask us to sacrifice? You'll know the verse, it's Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that you present yourself, what? A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, your reasonable act of worship, to offer yourself to God, no holds barred. Every corner of your heart, every part of your body, every part of your soul, your mind, your heart, as Mark 12, 30 says, love the Lord with your Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and everything, your everythingness, everything you have. To sacrifice it before the Lord. Even those parts of life you don't want to give up. Whatever it may be whatever it may be, to sacrifice it, to give it to him. The thinking of things as time, your treasures, your talent, your whole self, giving it to the Lord. Giving it to the Lord. What's another thing? They praised the Lord at this first worship service. They made uh, this flamboyant barbecue, this fellowship offering that was a pleasing aroma to the Lord, and the Lord showed up. The sacrifice. And then the last thing was this. Solomon prayed. He prayed. We had a beautiful prayer time tonight. Beautiful. He prayed. 
How do you treat your prayer with God? Because when Solomon finished praying, God's presence came down like a fire and it completely filled the place up. Again, so much so that the service of the priests was interrupted. They couldn't continue. Solomon's only prayer request was for God to intervene in that place. What is your prayer life like? You may spend hours. You may spend moments. I don't know. Whatever works for you. But in our Western world, I know that our prayer requests typically get to what? Lord, you align yourself up with my will because I need you to make this happen, right? We prayed that. I prayed that. God, I need you to move on this. I need you to take care of this business. So, Lord, you align yourself up with my will and myself and what needs to happen. When prayer is the opposite, we've almost turned God into our personal genie, church. There's a problem with that. When prayer aligns us, you and I, with God's will, not with our, and we have a hard time with that because we can tell God all about His will, exactly how it needs to happen. Aligning ourselves with God's will, that's the power of prayer, you see. When we align ourselves with God's will, He can do something. He can do something that would just totally blow your mind. People come and they ask to me, Pastor AC, would you pray? Would you pray? I even remember trying to keep up with, with a minister. I was on staff at Wesleyan Church there in Reedsville, and I tried to keep up uh, with the minister, and, and uh, that minister had been there for 50 years at that church. And so he wasn't young as I was. He was in his 70s. And I would try to keep up with him going to the hospital and um, going, going different places. And uh, he would call me, AC, you meet me over here. AC, I'm coming by to pick you up. Or AC, we got to go over and see this person at this home and pray with him. And, and we would pray and pray and pray. We'd even be walking through the hospital. AC, let's take a detour. And we go into somebody we had no idea who they were. Can we pray for you today? And he would pray. And he would walk down the hallway there at Moses. Cone Hospital up there in Greensboro and he would see somebody I mean he had been around for 50 years so he knew somebody right and he would see somebody and uh, can we pray with you how can I pray for you and they would say well you can pray for this Pastor Clayton Pastor Clayton would grab my hand I was like don't grab my hand we're not praying right here in the middle of the hospital, are we? These people are walking up and down the hallways. And we were praying. And yet, the fire would fall. Right there at the entranceway. 
be careful that we don't turn God into our personal genie, church. When people ask me to pray, I pray, but I pray for them to have the strength and courage for whatever God's got lined up down the road. Whatever that might be, Lord, you give this person wisdom. You give them your strength. You give them your guidance. Because as I don't know, they don't know what in the world they're stepping into. And what tomorrow, doesn't the scripture say something about like that? Don't boast about tomorrow because you don't know what today holds. That we would pray God's will. So these three things, and I know there's more. We won't take time to go into them. But praising the Lord. Sacrificing whatever is in between us and God is a good place to start, church. And then praying. When God is present, there's no mistake that He's there. Is there? He is there. Well, Pastor A.C., the Scripture changed. The New Testament kind of lined up things a little bit different for us, didn't they? The Old Testament, they had to call on the Holy Spirit, right? To fill the temple. But see, Jesus Christ changed all of that. And he told the disciples, and he's telling us, but you are the temple. You house the Holy Spirit. You, you, you are the temple. This might hurt a little bit. Don't let that be an excuse for you being aligned with God. Well, it's a new day. Christ died. So he's always with me. He's always in my temple. Is he? Have we properly prepared? That's the question for tonight. Have we properly prepared? Solomon just gives us a story in the ways that we can prepare. Whether we praise the Lord, we bring Him the sacrifice, and we pray His fire down, and His presence come. And if He's not, maybe we're not prepared for it. Maybe we're really not prepared for what God needs to do in our lives in the lives that we have influence with. So I ask you the same question. Are you prepared for God's presence? His presence. It's an experience of being prepared for who God is and what He's going to do in and through us. I wonder if, Robbie, could you come back one more time and let's sing just the chorus of that song, Holy Spirit, 
you are welcome here. As we close tonight, and I'm going to ask you to stand if you're able. Two things I want to ask you about tonight. Maybe you haven't asked the Lord Jesus Christ to be in your heart and your life. You need God's presence. And the only way to get that is to submit to His will and His way. To repent of your sin, to stop your sin, turn the other direction and run towards Him. This altar is here if you would like to come and pray. I'm sure others will come and gather around you and pray and support. Because we don't want you to leave this place without knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. But there may be some of you in the house tonight that you've been walking the walk and you've been talking the talk. You've been doing everything right. But you just have not sensed God's presence. And you want to be renewed and refreshed in your spirit tonight. I'm going to ask that you would come to that you would fill this altar in our time together this week, that we would get reacquainted with God, a holy God who loved us so much that he sent his son into the world to die a horrible death, his blood to be sacrificed for you and I, that we might find forgiveness and peace and restoration with him. So would you sing that chorus? I'm going to ask you to come. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts love. to be in the midst in the house tonight. Thank you, Lord God. Holy Spirit, you oh, thank are you. Praise you, Lord God. Would you come? Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, keep singing, I'm going to invite you to come and maybe gather around the altar tonight with some of these and maybe you just want to come. I would invite you to come.
Let me leave this with you tonight. It's a story that came out of Carter County, Tennessee. Church had developed and they approached an attorney to put a name on the deed. The land was given to the church. And so the church had decided to put the Lord God Almighty on the deed and Asked the lawyer, can we do that? And the lawyer said, yeah, we can do that, no problem at all. And so the name, Lord God Almighty, was put on the deed and the church had grown and it was kind of nearing the end of its ministry and the people did, weren't sure what to do with the church. The deed, there was no name other than God's name on it. And they wanted to sell the land and went to the attorney and asked the attorney, said, can we sell this? And he, he said, yeah, as, as long as we can find out that the name on the deed, that that person doesn't exist anymore and they're not found, then, then yeah, we, we can sell the church. We can sell the property, no problem. You just need the sheriff's signature. So they went and talked to the sheriff. And the sheriff said, yes. The newspaper picked up on the story. The headline read, The Lord God Almighty, not to be found in Carter County, Tennessee.
don't let that be said of this church, of you as the temple of the Holy Spirit, that God Almighty can't be found. We need His presence to work through all the circumstances and all the trials of life and direction. We just simply need Him. So maybe He be found in your presence tonight.